to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Um, before I begin to dissect into my Savior, I would like to introduce uh, Ethan. He's going to be reading the scriptures for us. All right, we're going to be in 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 17 today. Um, and it says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of who I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you. I begin with the word of prayer. Uh, let us bow our head in prayer. Our Father, we come to thee, honoring your Son who died for us, the cross. Let him be glorified today, and let your Spirit convert the hearts. We pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. We always pray. Amen. I'm humble and moved. I call, allow a wretched man like me to preach. I know I'm not worthy of such an opportunity. Uh, this reminded me of a story in the Old Testament when King Saul was trying to kill David but Jonathan vouched for him but Jonathan told David that you must make a covenant with me David agreed. Fast forward. David became a king. And uh, he heard that Saul had died. And Jonathan was also dead. And King David wept for them. He said, is there anyone else who's left in Saul's family that I may show them a kindness for the sake 
of Jonathan. And Ziba was the servant. He said, yes, there is one more person who is left, and that is Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son. And King David says, go bring him. And he brought him to David. And David says, because I met your covenant with your father, Jonathan, I will restore everything that your grandfather saw had. And from there on, from this moment, you will eat at my table. Mephibosheth was crippled, but he bowed down and told King David, who am I that you have noticed a dead dog like me? That's what Christ has done for us. He has invited us on his table so we can die in him with him. I'm from Burundi. It's in East Africa. Raised in Tanzania. It's also East Africa. Thanks for noticing. But in East Africa, that's when both my parents passed away with HIV. And at that time, HIV was wiping the face of Africa. And uh, 2006, we came to the United States. And yes, I was a Christian. I was born Christian home, raised Christian family, but it wasn't until December 4th of 2016, that's when I gave my life to Christ and I experienced his grace and truth because Christ said, you should know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And this grace that we have in Christ doesn't come with favoritism. Whether we sinner or save, black or white, Hispanic or Asian, Jew or Gentile, we are all under the same grace. No matter how far you think you may have gone, there is no place that the grace of God won't reach you. Because the psalmist say, where should I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depth, you are there. If I go settle to the far side, even there, your hand will guide me, your right hand will guide me fast. But because of his grace and love towards us, the Bible says the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And this grace that we have in Christ teaches us to say no to ungodly and worldly passion, to live safe control, upright, and godly lives in this present age. 
And this is the same grace that was given to the Apostle Paul. The same person who was born in Tarsus after the passing away of his father, Saul went to Jerusalem to study the Torah. He was trained under Gamaliel. And he was a zealous for God. He persecuted the, fo the follower of Christ, arrested both men and women, put them in prison. And he said the, house, the high priest in the castle can testify it. He even obtained letters of approval to go capture the, uh, the, the believers that were in Damascus, but on his way to Damascus, that's when he met the resurrected Christ. And then Paul experienced God's grace. That's where he wrote to Timothy, he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ. Has the grace of God has poured on you abundantly? Have you ever experienced the resurrected Christ? That's what brings us to the cross. Because you will never understand the cross until you understand, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so we can boast. What a gift we have in Christ. Now, I want tonight to talk about three things that the grace of God teaches us. First, the grace of God teaches us that to recognize ourselves that we were once rebellious against God, and despite of our rebellion, ignorance, and our unbelief, God demonstrates his love towards us. Therefore, no matter how many sins you have committed in history, if you truly repent, God will forgive you. He has to forgive you because his word says so. For thou, Lord, is good and ready to forgive and plenteous mercy unto them that call upon thee. Psalms 86, verse 5. And again, the Bible says, when you are dead in your sins, in the uncircumcision of your heart, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Colossians 2, 13. That's, that's why whenever we give our life to Christ, we're no longer holding on to the things that we were enslaved to. This is the same reason that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Philippines and said, for I myself have a reason for self-confidence. If anyone else thinks that he has reason for confidence, says, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, the Pharisees are to the zeal, Persecuted of the church as to righteousness under the law, blameless, but whatever gain I had, I counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the Torah, but a righteousness which comes from faith in Christ. 
That's the reason why we sacrifice the flesh, the body of the flesh, so Christ can reign in us. Let's imagine a king met a degree in his land that there will be a blanking partner extended to all prostitutes. Would that be a good news if you are a prostitute? Of course it will be. No longer you have to criminal record, you have to hide. All the past offense will be wiped out. But would that give you any motivation to change at all? No. But let's say that not only is a blanking partner extended to all who have practiced prostitution, but the king has asked you to particularly to become his bride. What happens if a prostitute marries a, a king? She becomes a queen. Now you have a reason for change. In the same way, Christ married me because I was a victim of having sex in the church. And he put a wing around me as a reminder that I belong to Christ. That's the reason why money came by me, sex came by me, fame came by me, because I was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ on that cross. And I'm clothed with his righteousness. I'm going to heaven. And I'm not going to heaven because of, I'm Julius. I'm not going to heaven because I go to a Christian school. I'm not going to heaven because of, I'm an orphan. I'm going to heaven because of just like the Canaanite woman who says, even a dog eats the crumbs that falls on the master table. What a faith that is to have. The Bible says without faith is impossible to please God. About 150 years ago, there was a great revival in Wales. A result of this, many Christians came to northeastern India to spread the gospel, the region known as Assam was comprised of hundreds of tribes who were primitive and aggressive hay hunters. Into this hostile, aggressive community came a group of missionaries from Afri American Baptist missions spreading the message of love, peace, and hope in Jesus Christ. Naturally, they were not welcomed. But one missionary succeeded in converting a man, his wife, two children. This man, faith proven contagious, and many villagers began to accept Christianity. Angry the villager of Chief summoned all the villagers. He then called the family who had first converted to re-announce their faith in public or face death. Moved by the spirit, the man says, I have decided to follow Jesus. The rage of the refusal of the man, the chief ordered his answer to arrow down the two children as both men, boys, was twitching on the floor and the chief asked, Will you deny your faith? You have lost your children. You lose your wife too. But the man replied, though no one joins me, still I will follow. 
the chief was beside him with the fury and ordered his wife to be ever done. In a moment, she joined her two children in death. Now he asked the last time, I will give you one more opportunity to deny your faith and leave. In the face of death, the man said final memorable lines. The cross behind me, before me, the word behind me, no turning back, no turning back. He was shot dead like the rest of his family. But with their deaths, a miracle took place. The chief who had ordered the killings was moved by the faith of the man. He wondered why should this man, his wife and two children, die for many who lived in the far away land in another continent some 2,000 years ago. There must be some remarkable power behind the family's faith. And I too want to test, he said, that faith. In a spontaneous confession of faith, he declared, I too belong to Jesus Christ. When the crowd heard this from the mouth of their chief, the whole village accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. I wonder what it's going to take to, for you to win you to Christ. How many graves need to be dug? How many wars need to be fought? How many warnings? How many earthquakes need to come before you gave your life to Christ? Because the thief on the cross says, Lord, remember me. And Jesus said, that shall be with me in paradise. That quick, you can make your decision. And secondly, the grace of, the grace of God teaches us as a follower of Christ that we are to be a person of integrity and be an example to other fellow Christians. Remember, remember the Lord told Paul that, Paul, you will suffer for the sake of my name. Yes, in the midst of our trials and tribulations and turmoil, we are to take a stance and raise Christ's flag. Therefore, Paul says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at least you have renewed your concern for me. It says, indeed, you have been concerned, but you have no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because of I'm in the need for I have learned to be content whatever circumstances. I know what it is to be in the need and I know what it is to, to have a plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in, ed, in any and every situ, situation, whether wet fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. It says I can do all things to Christ who strengthened me. Like many Christians, Kalana Sandel learned that when pain and tragedy strike, God may use that experience to deepen our faith. When she was 26, Kalana experienced a tragedy which profoundly affected 
the curse of a life. She was with her father, a Lutheran pastor, crossing the Sweden lake. Suddenly a ship launched, and before her eyes, her father was thrown overboard and drowned. Kalana had written many hymns before, but now she poured her out. A broken heart in an endless stream of beautiful songs, saying day by day in each passing moment, straight I found to meet my trials here, trusting my father's wise bestowment. I have no cause for worries or for fear. Who whose heart is kind beyond all measures, he gives into each day what he deems best lovingly. It's part of pain and pleasure. Mingling toys with peace and rest. Every day the Lord himself is near me with a special mercy for each hour. All my cares he gladly bears and cheers me. He whose name is Counselor and Power, the protector of his child and treasure is a charge that on himself he led. As your days, your strength shall be in measures. This pledge to me he made. Help me then in every tribulation so to trust your promise, O Lord, that I lose not faith, sweetest consolation offend me within your holy word. Help me, Lord, when toils and troubles meaning ever to take a place. As from a father's hand, one by one, the day, the moment fleeting until I reach the promised land. Paul said, we are heart praised on every side. Are we not crushed, perplexed, not in despair, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, not destroyed, because we always carry within us the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. I remember Paul had a thorn in his sickness. And then he pleaded to the Lord three times, but the answer kept coming the same. The Lord says, my grace is sufficient upon you. Therefore, Paul says that I will boost in my weakness so the power of Christ can rest on me. That's the beauty of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is that we wait patiently when he comes back and said his everlasting kingdom. What a joy that is to have because there's hope, there's joy, there's a purpose, there's a meaning. Because Christ leaves, we can all face tomorrow. And finally, the grace of God makes, a, makes us to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the King, the Lord, the immortal, the invisible, the only God who can give you peace in the midst of suffering. And Jesus says in Luke 4, 18 to 19, the spirit of the Lord is, up, is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recover the sight of 
for the blind to release the oppressed, to proclaim the years of the Lord's favor. The hymn writer wrote and said, let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. Let the blind say I can see. It's what the Lord has done for me. Hosanna, Hosanna to the lamb that was slain. Hosanna, Hosanna to Jesus Christ who died and rose again. You know when God destroyed the earth with water during Noah's time, he lasted 150 days and God remembered Noah. And Noah sent out a raven. And that raven went back and forth because he didn't have a place to land his children. His feet, pardon me. And then again, he waited seven more days. He sent a raven, a dove, pardon me. And that dove, the same thing, he went. He couldn't find a place to rest his feet because of was water all over the surface. And then he waited several more days, he sent it again. But this time it came with the leaf, its mouth. And Noah knew that the water had went down. And then he waited several more days, he sent it. But the third time, the dove did not return. And Noah knew that it's all right, he can come out, out of the ark, but it wasn't a rest. From Genesis to Malachi, the dove never mentioned again. But what's interesting, it's when Jesus was getting baptized, guess what came? The dove, but this time he found a place to rend his feet on Jesus' shoulder. That's why Jesus says, come all you who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am humble and gentle in the heart. And my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And yes, Jesus Christ is man of his word. Maybe you have been a Christian for so long, but yet you haven't found that peace that your heart longs. Maybe you just like the raven who goes back and forth. You think the word is where you can rest. Maybe you just like saw who was a religious leader, a persecutor, the follower of Christ, but yet he was a spiritual blind. There is no pride in the whole world as terrible as a religious pride. Cyphus, Cyphus was a religious leader, but he persecuted Christ. I don't care how religious you are, you have to be born again, Christ says. 
come to Christ because God is calling people back to the simplicity of the gospel, back to his grace and mercy, and back to the truth, back to the person of Jesus Christ. Respond his call and experience the freedom that is yours in him. So as I close out, if God can change me, if God can change this little orphan kid, God can change anybody. But it's up to you to make that decision in the quiet arena of your heart to make that decision. They stand in prayer. We hope you are encouraged by today's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about The Journey, check us out on Instagram or Facebook at The Journey LBK. Thanks for listening.